This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Battleground Nutrition Centers. Battleground Nutrition is a family and veteran-owned and operated supplement superstore in the Northeast that's been running since 2013 and since then has helped athletes all over the world in APO, FPO, and within the United States PO boxes to ensure that whether you are in the Northeast or anywhere in the world, we can help you with your nutritional needs. Visit www.bgnutritioncenter.com and use code NADDY to save at checkout. And a reminder... All orders over $100, always ship free. When I say we have a special guest this week on the United States of America, I mean, it's an understatement at this point. Everybody knows that even in the natty world, classic physique is my jam. So ladies and gentlemen, I'm not even going to do any long intros. Without further ado, the first ever classic physique Arnold champion, two-time Mr. Olympia for classic physique, and now transitioning into the 212 division, the infamous Brayon Ansley. Thanks for joining us today, man. Seriously. Wow, man. That's what an introduction. I appreciate that. That always feels good. Good to be here, man. Good to good to talk to you and good to be on. Um, look to have fun. Well, you know, uh, what I really want to ask you about is what it was like to be with Vin Diesel in Fast and the Furious. Can you tell me about that? Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> That's What's really point. funny, a, a lot of people don't realize that you have like some some heavy acting credits too, man. And you actually played defensive back for Iowa State, yeah? Absolutely, yes. What's really funny though is that as I was like going back in your history and stuff like that, it doesn't actually say what your injury was that moved you into bodybuilding. What was that? Uh, ACL injury, the knee, man. Yeah, it's, it, they, they are reality, those damn injuries. <laughs> and. The reality is that uh, if you can't, especially as a defensive back, you know, my position, if you don't have your wheels, man, uh, you don't have much. And so that took me on out of the that, that took me out of the game. But you know what? You changed the game, man. And here we are several years later. I mean, you've got major titles under your belt. You won the New York Pro, which in, in my terms is one of my favorite shows because I'm here on the East Coast. And uh, what's what always struck me in terms of watching you from the days of like it switching from Danny Hester to you has always been the history of consistency in terms of how you peak for the stage. Even the first time by your own admission that you're like, hey, I, I, I was off that year in, in terms of uh, I believe it was the Olympia in 2019, right, where you were like, listen, I, I was off. I'll, I'll be the first to say it. Even then it was like. I mean, if that's what off looks like, then all these guys who are aspiring to be in the classic physique division really have to ask themselves whether or not this is for them. Because, you know, being that dominating in terms of such and not just at that point, it wasn't even a new division. We knew what the standards were and you helped set the standards for the division, which is interesting because every time I would watch your YouTube, every time I would watch your Instagram, anything like that. You remind me a lot of Ronnie Coleman in terms of the positivity that you bring to the sport. I've always said uh, in my podcast and, and in, in my Instagram, like people always do this thing where they posture up where they're like, you know, we're warriors out here. We dig deep and it, it's just, it's a grind out here. Every And anytime I saw you, you're like, it's a great day. Uh, I saw you doing uh, legs this year, like three, three weeks out from the Olympia. And you're like, I thought I was going to be pre-exhausted. I feel great. Let's go, man. Let's fucking go. And I'm always like, that's a Ronnie Coleman mentality, a bodybuilder's bodybuilder. We, we're, we want to be here. And I want to be here. So why would I act like I'm depleted and annoyed and, and bothered by everybody? That always has kind of struck me in terms of why I think you're so marketable in terms of not just the IFBB, but as an athlete in general. 
what kind of moved you in terms of being like, listen, I'm not going to be the standard shadow in the bodybuilder type guy and really wanted to connect more, not just with fans, but with this idea that you could still be a positive aspect of, of the sport and still move people. Yeah. Well, you know, I think um, just what you said about like watching as I was growing up, watching bodybuilders, watching the mood, watching how they set the tone for all of us, watching how they kind of, uh, move themselves as they're trying to move us along, you know, and in their videotaping, I, I was like, oh man, we, we have to do better. We have to do better. We, we, we can do better as far as having a little bit more personality and having a little bit more, um, uh, juice man with our, with, with our excitement and with our enthusiasm. And then, uh, as you mentioned, the acting that also has a lot to do with it. You know what I mean? I, I really enjoy playing to the camera. I really enjoy, you know, maybe the when when the lights are on and when the camera's on, you know what I mean? Give the give the people a little something. Understand that they want to be entertained a little bit and they want to be moved and they want to be um uh you know, ignited and excited. Um so just keeping all of that in mind and then me in general being an overall positive person, <laughs> you know, mixed in with all of that is um, what you come up with, you know, and and there there it is what I bring to the table. And um, and I've always I've always told myself that I didn't want to be that um, that type of bodybuilder that just put his head down and just trained and just ate and didn't have any personality and didn't have any charisma. Um, so, you know, I'm always conscious. I'm always conscientious of it. And uh, like I said, it doesn't come too hard because of just me as a person, um, the acting uh, background and uh, so forth and so on. And we just keep rocking and rolling with it. Yeah, no, I mean, and what, what's funny is that, and we'll get into it now because I'm, I'm a purist when it comes to the sport. Obviously the podcast is just me being a natural guy watching bodybuilding sports in general. It's not about one side or the other. Um, so I'll, I'll add, are you natural? No, I'm just with you. Um, what, what it really comes down to, because I was watching a couple uh, uh, months ago, um, a recap of you and Dennis James talking on the Menace podcast in terms of the, the real of it being that even though classic physique was made on classic poses, the idea that you could have a classic physique division, which by the way, this isn't just the IFBB, this is just competitors in general. The idea that you could have a classic physique division and not judge the posing, the, the posing routine, right? It, it, they, they set the standard for it has to be a specific amount of time. It has to include a specific type and number of poses. And then when you ask what for, for nothing, it doesn't count. And so as a classic physique competitor now moving out of classic physique into 212, when is it going to be time to change that? That realistically what we're talking about is classic physique is about the posing and the yeah. proportion. So yeah. does it, did it ever irk you as a competitor, even moving into the Arnold classic where he's even said, like, we really should be posing differently. We should be placing more um, emphasis on the posing. How did that make you feel? Um, it, it made me feel like they just, you know, they just didn't keep up with, they haven't caught up with the Joneses yet on what they, on the whole division. And, um, really for whatever reason have have you know don't understand uh well i i don't i'm not gonna i'm not going to say they don't understand but for whatever reason they don't just have the um the eyes dotted and the t's crossed 
um, you know, as far as the classic, what classic truly is and the totality of it, you know, as far as physique, presentation, and entertainment, which I truly think entertainment has to be in there as well. I think that we all kind of agree in terms of looking at the history of the sport that proportionality from left to right, top to bottom, you know, calves to neck, whatever, it really defines what classic is. And I feel like, you know, around the time that you guys made the division famous, the issue was they were still trying to figure out how entertaining they could make it with the IFBB, but they needed to be able to sort of draw the amount of people that are really looking for quote unquote mass monsters. But that wasn't what the division was for. And that always kind of disappointed me where I was like, listen, you know, when, when, when Danny and Brayon set the, the, the real standard in terms of what we would expect from classic physique, and then you start increasing these weight caps exponentially. I say that exponentially, but it's like five pounds in either direction, but, but still it's, it's a lot on bigger frames. It makes it seem less separated from the 212 and from the open than we as the people who are trying to be entertained would like. And I think that we're echoing the sentiment of, you know, the vast majority of people who are watching bodybuilding going, listen, the last thing we want is for classic physique to turn into what men's physique turned into, where it's like, this is no different. The the blurred lines are only in the different trunks. Like, so, you know, in terms of those weight caps, and I know that you talking to Dennis and talking actually on the muscular development podcast as early as this year, uh, the major issue that you had with that was, listen, I can't continue to grow because my frame is no longer growing, but you guys have capped me where my muscle is. But these guys who are taller have this availability to grow heavier than some of the open competitors. And that's no issue. So did that play a major factor in you being like, hey, listen, you know, classic physique is where my heart stands in terms of my posing. But in terms of my my ceiling as an athlete, I, I have to move to the 212. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. One thousand percent. That was um, that was the number one reason, uh, you know, that that now I choose to take my talents to the 212 division because it's like the main reason that we're in the gym and the main the main focus of us being in the gym is to add muscle you know and that's in any on any level right because when we add muscle we lose weight uh and we lose fat that's just the the scientific background of it so um now i would much rather lose uh, my weight lose water and fat from uh with gaining muscle rather than losing water and uh, fat from all the cardio and the calorie deficit. <laughs> yeah, right. It's going to be the difference. Now I can lose my weight uh, by putting on muscle. Right. And so when when exactly did you decide? Because, again, I, I remember back in 2019, you were playing with the idea of like, hey, listen, if I'm already at the weight cap, I've got nowhere to go, and these other guys have this room to grow. Was it around 2019 that you decided like, hey, maybe moving up into a much more muscled category in terms of everybody talking about my potential would be a better option? Yeah, yeah, it was about actually 20, yeah, right after my second win, maybe even 2018, um, because it was a struggle. It's been a struggle right from the go. Um, let's see, after they, because they gave us the 10 pounds total, and then maybe, yeah, the year after that, which was in 2018, 2018, 2019, yeah, that was, that was like, wow, um, 
this is a struggle to get down, you know? Um, and I noticed where my body was really lean at and where my body really looked good at and then noticed what it did to the, my muscle and what it did to my body as I had to bring it down even further, like 12, 13, 14 more pounds. Cause I was ready at about, I've always been ready for the past uh, four or five years now at about 192, three, four, um, now I got to come back that now, now you got to bring it down to 180. And when you're talking about bringing it down that much more, you're talking about now a uh, looser skin because you have to bring it down and you're losing muscle. So you're not even talking about a, a look that you, that is great as far as conditioning is concerned, because you're talking about loose skin and you're not talking about giving my muscle a chance to really push it to the, uh, uh, push up against the skin and stay full and remain tight that way. I know I'm getting real, 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 real science, real, real uh, detailed with every with, with it all here. But that's that's really you know what what it boils down to is the look and uh, what having to come down so low. What it does, what the deflation does to the body, and we we actually. Uh, you know, the, the common folk thinks that, or would think that, um, you know, the more weight you have to lose, and then that's the more tighter, you, that's the tighter you get. That's the, you that's, you should be uh, more lean, you should be more sharp, and all that. But that's not necessarily the case uh, when it comes down to um, athletes like us to where they're already lean, you know, 15 to 20 pounds away from the cap. The disparity between the prize money has always irked me, especially now, because we're this deep into having the classic physique division exist, and we as spectators, I would argue even if it's not the majority, it's a close minority to the majority, where it's we're there to see classic physique. We want to see the 212 blow up. We want to see classic physique guys that are doing six, seven titles at a time. But here you have the majority of the prize pot money going to the top three guys in the open division. And I always tell people this. I said, you know, when when Brayon was winning and, and Seabum is winning, we're talking about 15 to 30 grand, right? And then you have a guy in second place in the open getting $180,000 or $150,000. Did that prize money disparity ever bother you where it's like, listen, everybody's here to see us. Do you not hear the crowd? Do you not read the comments? They're here to see us. How about a little of that cheddar, you know, wet our beak a little bit. Did that ever cross your mind? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, when you're talking about um, a livelihood and when you're talking about really wanting to make something out of the sport and, and make a living and be comfortable and um, just be able to focus on bodybuilding. Absolutely. Uh, we have families, too, and uh, we have things that we have to take care of. We have homes. Classic guys have homes. Classic guys have businesses. Classic guys have families. And so absolutely all that crossed, uh, the, that that uh, bothered me. And I, I definitely wanted to, um, you know, just have a conversation about it, maybe with Jake um, and with uh, some of the powers to be. And I did. I did. I had a, I had a conversation with Jake Wood about it. A few years ago, when I went to the Wings of Strength headquarters, and he was just telling me that, yeah, yeah, Brian, you're 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 most definitely right. Is that you guys bring in the numbers? The classic division brings the numbers, but uh, the thing about it is, is that who's at, who actually pays for tickets and who actually pays 
uh, to be there and who actually pays to uh, watch the, the the live stream and so forth and so on is your your, um, your older crowd, maybe your 30 to uh, a 45, 30 to 50, to 50 year old crowd that actually has the money to go to the the event, to actually has the money to, to take a trip with uh, him and his family, you know what I mean, to the Olympia and pay for the live stream. You know, um, and and I and and I could definitely probably agree with him uh, on that because um, I think maybe right now the and you could see it on social media the classic division is a is a uh, it has a it, it it's it's a wide has a wide range of um, of the demographic as far as following is concerned but we definitely have your you know your eighteen to twenty five eighteen even 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 lower than that because I have guys that told me that they have followed me since 15 years old. Okay, so it goes lower than that. So when you're talking about that, you those that demographic just doesn't have the money. That demographic hasn't got in their, their careers yet. You know, you have the new generation of, of people who are watching bodybuilding. I mean, I'm, I'm in my late 30s at this point. So, you know, coming down to guys who I, I teach at the gym or I'm, I'm hearing these guys who want to come to me for coaching that are really looking at the sport in terms of the longevity of it and saying, listen, if we're now relying so heavily on $250 tickets for every single seat and that we know that we have to pay the open guys this much because if you – remove the barrier to entry, you know, just a little bit, you'll have a lot of the new school crowd coming in. And that's your new guys that are going to become your old school crowd soon enough, where if you could have those guys come in and 20 years, they're buying tickets. That's a longevity play from a, a bodybuilding perspective as a fan, as opposed to a, a competitor and a, a somebody behind the scenes. I would want to more gear toward being like, listen, if we expect the IFBB to be as famous as it was in the 90s and 80s, and and even more so as, you know, the original Generation Iron came out, and you had this rivalry between Phil Heath and Kai Green, and then you had the rivalry between Breon and, and, and Seabum, and it's great to watch. Yeah, but the thing is, is that if you keep raising the barrier to entry, nobody's going to know that it exists. And eventually, you know, the, the, the one thing I actually had on one of the list of things I wanted to ask you about too, was if you're paying that much to these competitors, showcasing it the right way is vastly important. And if you go to any, any bodybuilding subreddit or, or media company or anything like that, the one thing we keep asking is very simple. Why the f*** can they not get the lighting right? For years, it was great. And then the last, like, seven years, they're like, let's change the lights the night before and see how it goes. And we just, it just looks so, and it, I feel bad for you guys because as the photos come out, you have these, you know, peanut galleries online that are like, you wasn't even that conditioned. I can't even see the dryness in his glutes. And you look at it from somebody who's been on stage and you go, dude, the lighting was horrific. That's why you couldn't see that. Do you guys as competitors look at that and get out on like, I guess you would consider it like stage familiarization and come out and go, oh man, this lighting is dog. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, um, I think they, uh, well, well, you know, from like, from the pictures that I see and all that and the, and from the, from the, I guess the pictures that I get on, on, from the gram or the, the actual photographers are taking from, from being there, they aren't that bad. So I don't even see the light, the live feed the lighting and, and how it translates, but uh, they haven't been bad with, uh, I have to say they haven't been bad with the, with the pictures that I get from, 
photographers and videographers out there that are the in in actually there and in the stands. Um, but man, I agree. If you guys want, you know, better lighting in that live feed, and uh, you know, as you guys are watching us perform and as you guys are paying for it, you guys deserve to have a better lighting and, and, and deserve to have it translate uh, good for you guys and pleasing for you guys. I uh, totally agree. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Nirvana Water Sciences. Muscle integrity is the foundation of our body's overall health because it supports movement, posture, breathing, and many other things. Enter Nirvana Water Sciences HMB-infused water. HMB, or hydroxymethylbutyrate, is a unique derivative of leucine, the isolated amino acid. It helps with things like protein synthesis, nutrient absorption, and can help athletes and regular people alike with general health as well as recovery from hard workouts. So click the link in the description below to find out where you can get Nirvana Water Science's HMB-infused water products today. When we talk about your history of competitions, right? You uh, compete in LA, eventually go pro, you, you move to the New York pro, uh, you win the Arnold Classic. I always ask people in terms of because I remember when I was a, a greenhorn and a, a you know little kid competing on stages, and the first couple shows I just got ran over, wrecked, and I still wanted to do it. But there, there did, there does come a point in time for every athlete when they're whether the top of your game is being a world champion or just getting second place in a show that you were losing every year. Yeah. Is there ever a time around a major pro title win that you went from I can't wait? to be at the top of the mountain to, oh shit, I'm the guy now. Like everybody's gunning for me. Yeah. When was that moment, if at all, and what was it like? Yeah, that moment was well, actually when I, when I won the first Olympia, when I won the first Olympia and then uh, you kind of, I, I kind of had some classic guys saying that I'm coming for you, some competitors saying that I'm coming for you. And they would always, uh, you know, like have uh, com uh, comparison pictures of me and themselves and say that, hey, this is going to be, let your let your idols be your rivals and all this. So it was after the first, after I won the first Olympia in 2017, 2017 and then going throughout that year, I realized, oh, you better, you better, um, you know, stay hungry because the, that slope can be really slippery here at the top if you're not. Um, yeah, but uh, I think the realization came then, right off the bat, that first year, because um, guys aren't shy. Guys aren't shy in, in letting you know what they what, what they want and that and that they want your title, um, and that they want to take it from you, and that they're going to do whatever it takes as far as their work, as far as going out and getting it, and and um, you know putting in the work and putting in the focus. So uh, you know, I uh, I welcome that though. I welcomed. It. And I embraced it and uh, it motivated me. I'm glad, man. Yeah, I, I, I think that more people need to embrace that side of of this desire in terms of, I mean, everybody's talking about how alpha they are and all this other stuff. And it's like, listen, you can just like, I, I actually love this about the, the fight community in terms of uh, MMA and BJJ and things like that, where it comes down to, look, we may beat the shit out of each other for a, a short period of time in the ring, but afterward we're going to go out and be like, man, you really gave me a run for my money. That's awesome. Thanks so much, man. And uh, I think that's one of the issues in terms of trying to build rivalries in sports like that and in sports like bodybuilding, where people want, they want you to dislike the person that is either winning or the one that's trying to beat you. And it just comes down to the fact that it's like, I, I've always respected those guys. I've always respected their hard work. 
Uh, you know, the only time you really get upset is when you feel like you were robbed of a placing or something like that. But if you don't take it up with the other competitors, you take it up with the judges table. Um, now, you know, as we talk now, moving into the two twelve, uh, you're obviously said, Hey, I've, I've been ready at one, you know, 90, 195. that cap is two twelve, obviously. And now you're, you're moving into it. Are you going to compete next year? Like 2023, you're competing this year in, in two twelve. Well, we'll have to see. We don't. We really uh, start our off-season program uh, in March. You know, that's when it'll be official. Uh, got some a little bit more resting to do, so we'll start the off-season program in March, and then we will see what the body is looking like, what the physique is looking like, what uh, the growth, um, how fast we can grow in certain areas, and um, you know, keep the keep the check-ins rolling in, and and how fast we're progressing, man. If we progress very fast and on point, uh, you know, with with uh, with the plan and with the program, with the master plan, then hell yes, I want to definitely do it this year in November. Um, but make no mistake about it, I'm not going to step on that that Olympia stage unless I'm going to be unless you know I feel like I could be top two already uh, at the Olympia and. Um, fight for be really ready to win a win a title now you're going to try and actually hit the 212 cap too or you're just going to hey i'm just going to do my best and and if my best is at 200 then it just is what it is are you really going to try and push that 212 oh yeah well i think this year if i'm talking about this year it won't be i won't be hitting the cap this year uh and i won't be up there against the cap because you're talking about really being lean and really being sharp too at the same time so i won't be i won't be at the cap in the at the 212 cap uh, this year, I'm pretty sure of it because I would be that would that would mean I would need to gain, I don't know, uh, 15, 15 more pounds of lean, uh, of really quality muscle. So, that's it. That's, so, yeah, that's it. That's, that's no it. problem. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. No problem. in uh, you know, if, if, if you give me some years, if you give me uh, two, three, four years, no problem. But we're talking about now we have what do we have? We have a shorter year because. The Olympia is now going to be in November, um, so we have a shorter year. So, so we we got to get to work, man. We got to get to work. But like I said, I, I I don't think that I I think I could be competitive with even maybe three to five, around three to to five pounds of um, of quality quality tissue, quality quality muscle tissue. Three to five pounds. I think I can be competitive. Uh, and be and uh, fight for fight for a title in the two twelve class. I don't think that I have to really uh, be at the cap and be pushing the cap right now to be competitive because of just the the amount of muscle that I have on the frame. I think it'll be much more pleasing in terms of, and this is no disrespect to anybody that's in any of the current divisions. But what's interesting enough is a lot of these guys in the two twelve. I mean. Flex Lewis, my favorite bodybuilder of all time, who, you know, dominated. It, it, nobody was going to win until he retired. And he was like, all right, I'm done. Um, what's interesting enough is that all these guys are between like 5'4 and 5'6. And You're a little taller than at 5'7 and, and with a small waist and a super wide V taper, big shoulders. You know, I, I think that what's, in, what's going to be really interesting is taking a look at, you know, even if you take a look at guys like uh, Hadi when he was in the 212, we loved him in the 212 because he was a little bit trimmer and it, it looked much more aesthetic to the eye, even though it was bodybuilding and not classic. And I think that you bringing that to the division is going to be an interesting shakeup that it's no longer about how close you can come to 212 and still keep your condition. 
but how good it looks on the frame and how well you can move it and pose it. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm super stoked to see it, man. Uh, and in terms of, you know, you moving into that division, I, I, I think that these are the shakeups that interestingly enough, after a lot of these Washington post articles are coming out in terms of bodybuilding, being in the public eye and things like that. Um, this is going to be one of those positive influences on the sport that people are going to be like, this is around the time when things moved in the direction that we prefer, as opposed to just, they were pushed, kicking the can down the road. Um, you know, I know that nobody would ever admit this, but this was the first year that if I took a look at the judges panel and, and who they had in placements that the majority of them, I was like, if this were any other year, they would have just given it to this guy, but they really knew they had some eyes on him and they decided to actually do some really good judging and push people out of the spotlight if they didn't deserve it. Um, and so I, I, I'm really interested to see in terms of how that division in the 212 alters itself based on you bringing that classic look to it and, and some really good taper um, from the waist up and, and some balance from top to bottom. I'm excited for that. So um, we'll just uh, love to ask you a couple questions here from uh, I had asked Reddit and, and Instagram and Facebook as, in terms of some specific questions that they would want to hear from you. And uh, I actually had a, a young kid, I mean, very young, juniors division, competing in his first show this year. His name's Chase. He was wondering, because I actually took a look at your your last preps leading into the Olympias, you like to actually get rid of the bro split and go, listen, if I'm trying to hit these deficits as hard as possible, adding as many muscle groups together to get that 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 body fat down is the most important thing for me and keep quality muscle. Is there anything that you found in terms of targeting, they say shows are one from the back, right? Targeting your lower lats and, and your back without making your waist kind of blow out on you a little bit. Uh, well, I think it always, always be conscientious. To, uh, the waist is what's important of keeping your waist small is always being conscientious of just um, your, your posture, keeping it tight and your breathing and your body control. So when you're training, you know, you never want to really breathe too deep with your stomach. Uh, even you, and, and I think you could really still do deadlifts and do all of the heavy compounding lifts uh, to the max and still keep your, your waist tight. You just always have to be conscientious of keeping it tight, keeping your, you know, keeping your core tight, tighten your waist, even maybe do some vacuum and some tightening exercises in between your, your workouts after your training. Um, and, and, uh, and I think it'd be, I think it'd be just fine. I think it'd be just fine. Um, to my specific, my, my favorite exercise to really develop the lower lats there is that is your, your, your double, uh, double dumbbell bent over a row. Um, just kind of with both of them hanging down and kind of just coming up, bringing that, bring the dumbbells to the hip. That's my favorite one for that specific, uh, one. And then I like to combine that with the low row as well um hammer strength machine um but um as you can see you know I, I, I know a lot of the a lot of the classic guys they still squat deadlift um you know heavy compound lifts man uh, stiff leg deadlift um rack pull all those lifts right to uh, develop the, the 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 legs, develop the back, and uh, like I said, still keep the waist um, classic, super tight. You know, like still being able to hit the last notch on the on the weight belt, man. <laughs> you heard it here first, guys. Ronnie Coleman wasn't kidding. You just got to lift super heavy. That's all it is. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, you definitely. 
put some weight on there, but uh, you don't have to be nervous about blowing your 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 waist out too much with those type of lifts. Just always be in connection with your with your core. Do do vacuum exercises. Do your breathing and your your core exercises. Keep your waist. Uh, be conscientious of keeping your waist tight at all times. And uh, even where you're, um, you know, even uh, I think um, I don't think the the waist trimmers uh, uh, physically keep your waist uh, physically make your waist tighter or bring your your obliques in. But just to have it there and make you conscientious of keeping your waist tight is enough of what you would would probably want um, in helping keep and in, in to help keep it, you know, a classic trim, classic type of uh, waste so you're good in that you're good in that respect awesome awesome well listen i got another one from a guy named gene uh up here in the northeast uh gene wants to know in terms of your switch to the 212 um we all know in terms of the the variability of you know if you have to keep dieting down and keep tanking your hormones and this and that you know you've been very open not just on any podcast but on this one specifically so far hey listen i'm killing myself to remain under this weight cap was one of the catalysts for you switching to 212 the fact that you're like, I don't just want to compete for five years. I want to do this for as long as I'm relevant. And so doing that in a longevity stake would allow me to sort of react with the natural changes within my body to just stay under that 212 cap. I can do this for 10, 15 years, whether it be in an open division or the master's 212 or whatever it may be. I'm able to do that a lot more healthy and a lot more realistically at the 212 than I would be classic. Oh, 1,000%. One thousand percent. That that you got it, man. You 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 hit the nail on the head, um, and got the bullseye right there because that's just it. I think I have a lot left in the in the tank, and um, I can really showcase it for some years to come. Now with the expansion of just allowing my body to put on more muscle, allowing my body to absorb some food. Like I said, allowing my body to uh, get show ready and get in shape uh, from putting on muscle as opposed to getting show ready and getting in shape from a calorie deficit and from cardio more so. Uh, right. But from but to really get in there in the weight room and be a dog in the weight room and do it that way and, you know, and do even do it with um, some good eating and some good calories. Uh, now, not, not to definitely not to take anything away from classic because I love it. And uh, um, I still think and let me just say this. I still think that I can improve and have a classic physique and put bring a classic physique um, package to the table that uh, I'm still more proud of. I think that I can still do that. Um, but uh, it just takes some time to hit the nail on the head when you're talking about losing muscle, you know. It just takes some time and it takes some years to really get it and really figure it out. And it took that. It took that for us, as I think this past year was one of my best looks. Uh, this past Olympia was one of my best looks. And I and I but like I said, I still don't think we hit it 1000 percent. I still think I can have an improved uh, and a better classic physique look still if, if, if I were to continue on to to compete in the classic division. But uh, you know, the, the, the time is now, the time is now to, to move it to the 212 and to bring, like you said, bring something to the 212. I think the 212 is missing, um, you know, some, some, some punch, some power, 
some uh, charisma. Uh, it's, it's missing some personality. And I hope to uh, bring a little bit more to that, uh, have a little bit more 212 shows around the world, um, you know, bring bring the 212 division back into the Arnold as it's at a, as it was taken out of the Arnold because it wasn't bringing enough hype and didn't have enough um, uh, buzz, you know, that the fans wanted to see. So I hope to bring all of that back uh, and help to bring all of that back to the 212 uh, with the, what I what I what I bring to the you know to to this uh, bodybuilding thing here and this bodybuilding to the IFBB, um, I'm excited for that. Ah oh, man, I know we all are. And then the last question for you actually is one of mine. I know that you've uh, trained with famously with Chris Cormier for years, uh, and now recently I actually had heard that you've traveled to Dubai all the time and in through the Middle East. And uh, the question always has to be asked, man: Are you going to go the way of Brandon Curry and? And six months out of the year, live at O2 Gym, or uh, are you staying here in the United States okay. to drink? I was just talking to my friend uh, who knows Bader, to, uh, and then I actually talked to Bader uh, at the Olympia um, for for a little bit on the phone. Um, his invite is always out there for me again, you know, because remember I was out there in 2018 already. Uh, his invite is always out there. He extends his invite to me. Uh, whenever I'd like to come out there and do it again. And uh, I'm definitely thinking about it because he, you know, just the, um, the accommodations and the hospitality that he provides out there with his gym and, and everything that he has, you know, it, it's all, it's, it's just like everything you need and everything you want. And then some for an athlete to focus and for an athlete to be comfortable for an athlete to thrive. Um, so I'm always I'm always ready for it. Who knows what we might do for uh, our first 212 look back on the stage? Uh, you know, we might we might uh, prepare out there. We'll see. But uh, I'm definitely I'm definitely open to it, and I'm and I, I could definitely be excited about going back. I mean, you know, what's really funny is hearing that last sentence that you just said, I'm open to it. I know there's going to be bodybuilding conspiracy theorists in the section. Like, does this mean he's going to move to the open? Is, <laughs> is Breon going to compete as an open competitor? I can't uh, wait. It's going to be great. Uh, well, listen, I've, I've taken up so much of your time today, man. Uh, it's It's been a real treat for me. Like I said, I mean, uh, when the classic physique division was in its original inception and watching you fight it out with the original guys and then, you know, seeing you win a crown multiple times, it, it, it's really an honor to chat with you. And I hope that everybody, you know, who's listened to the podcast, enjoyed it as much as I did. And, you know, I really appreciate you making time for us. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I guess the last question would be, uh, uh, are you going to follow me on Instagram now? I mean, we're best friends and no, I'm just, I'm just, I'm <laughs> but in any case, you're always welcome here. And, uh, I just wanted to say thank you again, and I know that I, I, I would uh, I'm appealing to everybody listening to the podcast. He right. just said something incredibly telling in terms of the fact of the way the IFBB is going. Right? If we want to see more classic, and we want to see these guys be held to a standard that's aesthetic and that moves into these other divisions like 212 in the Open, go see the show. Quit bootlegging it from Twitch or however yeah. else you were bootlegging yeah. it. You know, in the middle. You got to go to the show. You got to support. Yeah. So vote with your dollar. Tell them what you want to see. And then start the chant. Breon for IFBB president 2024. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. That's all That's I'm saying. That's bolts of it, man. We need to actually get you guys, get everybody investing in it, you know. And then we, and then we'll, we will grow from there. For promise. And then, you know, because my, my – um, 
man, my goals and, and my dream is to have is to have us on ESPN like we were in the 90s. You know, we were the Olympia was on ESPN, man. And when we could get it back there, I mean, we're really talking about something special uh, again there, you know. Uh, but that is my goal and that is my vision that and that is my dream to get the Olympia, even to get the Arnold on ESPN again. If there's somebody that could walk it into that office and get it on ESPN, man, it's you. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> As always, this episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Nutribio. With no compromise since 1996, some of the best tasting products on the markets, and no proprietary blends ever, they've got a product that can help you. So, use code word NATTY at checkout to save and Always make sure that you mention the United States of America. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Be sure to rate, subscribe, comment below on who you want to see next, and be sure to follow Breon on all his social medias and follow his transition into the 212 this year in the IFBB, and we'll see you next time.